there, and welcome to another edition of Drag Hags, where three ladies of a certain age discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 10. This week we're up to Episode 5, which is the Bossy Rossi Show. And I'm Jan. I'm Rand. So this week starts out post the lip sync between Dusty Ray Bottoms and Monet Exchange. Uh, and Asia starts out by being absolutely ridiculous and being angry at everybody. Um, because she chose to help everybody else um, do their costumes and didn't get her own stuff done. And the thing is that, you know, if you come off as competent and having your shit together, why would you think that somebody would then come over and ask you unbidden if you need any help? Because that's like the biggest insult. Oh, you really look, 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 yeah. you really look like you know what you're doing. So do you need any help with looking like that? Like, what? You can't do that. You know, if you need help, as other people were asking her, then you ask for help. Or you say, I need to do this, whatever. So, yeah, I, I just thought she was ridiculous. And then the fact that she was then turning it on everybody. Well, it's a competition, you know, so fuck everybody. I'm just going to do what I have to do for me. I mean, she should have kind of been in that headspace to begin with because it is a competition for $100,000. But you can't then help everybody and then blame them because you helped them when they asked you to. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and... I just loved Miss Cracker because she was kind of saying the same thing and trying to smooth things over. So I really love Miss Cracker because I think she sort of said the same thing and she was trying to smooth things over, but she saw the way things were going. Um, and then we were introduced to our two guest judges of the week, um, Carrie Preston, who I personally absolutely fucking love. Um, Fred used to watch The Good Wife. Uh, she was on that and she's been on a bunch of other stuff and she's just like terminally delightful. And Shania Twain. Um, and at the time the show aired, I was kind of like, okay, that's nice. I haven't seen her, heard from her in a while. But two days after the show aired, she kind of landed in a lot of controversy. Shania opened her mouth in an interview and said some ill-informed things. And then when she got called on it, got very confused and, oh, I'm a Canadian. I, I didn't mean to be ill-informed, but we will not go into that because enough has been said and I'm sure more will be said. But it, it makes me sad when Rue has somebody on the show who seems to be an ally who seems to be really into it, and then they say really ignorant and stupid things, like, right afterwards, so. Not quite Lucien Piani-level stupid, but in there. So, anyway. Uh, so then we had a recap of the Untucked from the week before, which was more of the Fight Club starring Vixen and Eureka. I'm um, so done. Yeah. I'm so done with it. Just to remind us that there's a lot of stupid drama this year that I don't want to know about. Uh, then we went to a mini challenge, and I just wanted to say that I loved Rue's suit. It was kind of a hot pink number uh, with a hot pink shirt, and just, I don't know, it just, you know, Rue has, like, some funky suits and stuff, but this one really, really looked good on Rue, so. It glowed. It, just, it literally glowed. I was wondering if, if if the color balance of my TV set was off, but it was, <laughs> it was but it was the same colors when I watched it again on my iPad, so I figured, okay, it's just, it's just you know, it's it's got its own power source, you know. It's it, just it luminous. Was seriously hot pink. So, but it looked great on him. So he, he looked wonderful. And we got yet another public service announcement uh, because this year, apparently, I, I'm guessing it's because of VH1, Rue is using um, the show a little bit as a platform to talk about things that are going on in the world. Um, and this time it was the U.S. Army and uh, had drag queens and LGBT people in the military forces. Um, so I was wondering, that might have been a little bit of a bird flipping to the current administration because that's what Rue does. Uh, and everybody got a duffel bag of stuff to make their uh, mini challenge, which was basically to be part of the drag queen army and to recruit people into the drag queen army. 
So uh, we didn't actually get to see what was in each duffel bag. I would have liked to have known what they ha- what materials they had to work with. But they I would also have liked to have known how much time they had because it's obviously more than the fifteen or twenty minutes they usually get for a mini challenge. So then we had the mini challenge runway or whatever you want to call it. Um, at first we saw Asia, um, and the top was kind of sloppy, and then she had like a camo jacket and pants, I think. Um, I don't quite remember. <laughs> yeah, you know, it looked like several people vomited on Grace Jones. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll... that's about all I can say about that one. Uh, and then we had Aquaria, and I went meh. It was high waist panties and a bra and a stupid hat. So um, her Aquaria did nothing for me there. Um, Monet actually wore a big wig. She had a big fro wig uh, and a short and shirts. And I actually thought Monet looked kind of cute for quick drag. So. Eh. Maybe just because she had a big wig and not a pussy wig. A pussy cat wig. <laughs> <laughs> it was like big old Billy Preston. Yeah, all right. Points for not a pussy cat wig. Right. Um, then um, Eureka came out and I thought she looked like an army version of Esmeralda from um, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, she, yeah, yeah. Because she had the, the corset and kind of like the skirty thing and the long flowy red hair. I, I don't know. I didn't get military necessarily from that other than the... A camouflage makeup under her eyes. And it was cute. It was cute, but I just didn't think it was necessarily, you know, join the, recruit the army. Um, right. Like, like, if I remember correctly, she mentioned something about, you know, her big butt and whatever. It was just the, the, the copy that was read was kind of cute. Um, then Mayhem came out and sort of like, is a cocky bride um, or olive drab bride, bride? I don't know. She had like a veil and stuff. It didn't do much for me. Then um, Cracker, uh, by notes here, say Ga- Lady Gaga joins the army? Maybe. Yeah, it was there. Yeah, and then Monique, I kind of liked it. I thought it was a good mix of military and drag. As it was a Major Momo, or Captain Momo. Yeah. yeah. Whatever she called herself. But um, Then Blair, I thought, was really cute with like her braids, and she had like a bullet choker, but it didn't scream military or army to me other than yeah. that. Yeah, it was more, yeah, it was really cute, but not, but not military, yeah. Uh, then Vixen came out and again, a no, it was a bunch of sloppy drapey stuff. Uh, and I thought, um, Cameron actually did the best, um, cause it was kind of buff army in hot pants, et cetera. And she even did a little, uh, she, she just created those, those pushups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but somehow inexplicably they gave the win to Vixen again and I thought it was awful. <laughs> yeah. I think they probably just pulled the name out of the hat and said, okay, this person will win. Yeah, nothing Nothing was really... Nothing that, stood out. Yeah, nothing was that earth-shaking at all to me. Um, and then for some reason, Aquaria was sulking in the corner. She was just pulling faces, which was kind of, like, typical. I don't. Well, know. she did win, you know? There's a lot of sulking going on. and uh, Yeah, there's there was an awful lot of sulking going on. We will see much later in this episode. Uh, then we got to the Bossy Rossi show. Um, and I personally, I love the idea of this challenge. And I, I really would like to see this as an annual thing from now on. Because there's a lot... I mean, just... The fact that it was so wacky and over the top and improv and and fun. And there's a lot of things other people could do in the future. So. And I thought Ross also did a really good job as our host. Oh, yeah. And so because Vixen got the, won the mini challenge, she got to pick the pairings. And um, so this is how the pairings went. First, uh, Vixen picked Asia as her partner. And their challenge was, why are you so obsessed with me? Uh, then she paired Blair and Monique, and their challenge was I Married a Cactus. Uh, Monet and Cameron were put together, and it was My Freaky Addiction is Ruining My Life. 
then we had Cracker and Mayhem, which was uh, Save Me From My Deadly Fear of Pickles. And finally, Eureka and Aquaria at Look At Me, I'm a Sexy Baby. And um, I made a note at that time, which was where did they get the costumes for stuff, but we actually did see a costume rack later on, so it was not like anybody was told what they were doing in advance, but I wasn't sure yeah. until I actually saw the, the rest of the episode. So When I first saw that Eureka and Aquaria were paired together, I immediately thought bottom two, because I just not see the, did not really see them in any way or shape or form being able to, to work together well enough to be able to do the challenge well. Right, because, you know, and I think that's what Vixen's philosophy was, as we'll find out later, is that, you know, there was definitely going to be an ego clash because most of them had clashed with her, so therefore they wouldn't possibly get along or be able to work together. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's not exactly what happened. No. Uh, so next thing we cut to was Vixen talking about how she was trying to be shady. And Asia thought this was actually the funniest thing in the world because I guess now that she's over helping everybody, it's like, oh, let's be shady and be bitchy to everybody and um vixen's actual comment was they're two big babies and i hope they suffer as we'll find out karma she is a bitch <laughs> right vixen and asia then decided that they're going to be a courier and miss cracker in their challenge and just play off their you know the, those two people you know because that way they had a very easy backstory to go, to work off of which i thought was kind of uh you know shady but also kind of funny yeah, I mean, if, if, if it had worked, um, it might have been really funny, but somehow, even though they had this great shady backstory, they didn't actually do much with it. So, uh, And then, of course, Asia was like sitting there giggling, saying, oh, we're going to have so many enemies, it's going to be unfortunate. So I guess nobody, n neither of those two are looking for miscongeniality. No. Which, you know, it's a shame because Asia probably was a contender last week because she was being so helpful to everybody. But now it's like she went from zero to 180 and I'm just like, really, girl? You know, there should be a happy medium in there. Like, so. Uh, and then Monet and Cameron. Well, when they were when Monet and Cameron were discussing how they were going to go about their, their segment, Cameron was clearly struggling. As, you know, he was trying to find funny stuff and was like, well, we could do this. No, that's not funny. And just sort of clammed up. And I was really kind of concerned for them just because Cameron was just not able to figure things out quickly. Yeah, I, I think she's. Well, we saw that on the uh, the apps, too, that Cameron's not necessarily the most, the sharpest, the fastest actor. She's much more, I don't want to say totally a looks queen, but she's kind of a looks queen. Um, and then we went to Cracker and Mayhem. And Cracker, I just immediately, um, the fact that she jumped on the, saw the pickle costume and immediately jumped on, I want to be the pickle. <laughs> I love it. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. I just, I immediately love Cracker because, I mean, who looks at a pickle costume and goes, I want to be the pickle? <laughs> uh, Cracker does. <laughs> and the fact that she said, my friends say there's nothing I can do like stupid. It just like endeared her to me because I just. Oh, yeah. I like the fact, you know, I respect anybody who actually is willing to, like, they, they're not afraid to laugh at themselves and they're not afraid to, like, be ridiculous on purpose. Right. That That's always, like, a good thing. So, and obviously Mayhem was okay with that. So that, that worked well to Cracker's advantage. Um, True. And the fact that she decided that Dr. Dill is Jewish. <laughs> well, yes. Well, they're kosher pickles, so of course it had to be Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dill is Jewish. What are you going to do? Do you? Yeah. A pickle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Mayhem seemed lost to begin with. It was like, you know, Cracker grabbed the thing and just sort of ran with it, and Mayhem seemed a little lost already, which we've seen her do before, too. So I... They had a feeling early on that this was not going to work out well for her. Yeah. 
So um, then we went to Blair and Monique, um, and this was the cactus thing. And they had, they were given a real cactus. Um, I thought that Blair had a really good character, and she was playing her strengths of being the kind of uptight, you know, Midwestern white bread lady right. who wasn't so nice after all. Um, and Monique seemed overconfident yet again. Um, yeah. But that is Monique. Uh, yeah, and, and, and they had a came up with the safe word, too. Yeah, you know, of course it was Vanjie. Vanjie. Yeah, you know, so in case one of them got stuck, the other person would know it and um, hopefully be able to save the, the presentation. And I think that's a smart thing because it, it is. You always have to rely on your partner to to do what you need to do, and um, yeah, that way you're not like both staring at each other, waiting for somebody else to to do what they need to do. Right. Um, okay, and then we actually got to the show. I mean, I'm glad we got to see a little bit of workroom and a little bit of them trying to figure it out. Probably not as much as I'd like, but again, we still have like five skits to go through and 10 contestants still going on, so there's not enough yes. to like, give us a lot of background. Yeah, hopefully we'll get more as as the numbers dwindle. Okay, so first we went to the cactus sketch and the um, the official I Married a Cactus and Monique actually surprised me at how good she was. She oh, she was great, yeah. Being, I mean, I think they were both really good, uh, but Blair got a little steamrollered by Monique because when she came in, she was like a house on fire with that cactus. Right, and, and Blair was like, uh, 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 Vanjie! <laughs> and I'm going to snatch your wig, which I thought the, the wig snatching worked really well for both of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that worked so, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they saved, and it was it was actually very funny. But there was more luck. There was more luck, though, I think, that, than actual being able to pull it off that the vanity thing they just kind of rolled with and yeah that, and, and, that, that's what saved them yeah yeah and also i mean like i said last week the vanity thing has become such a big global international like meme thing that it's just funny to hear people continuing it and it's not necessarily a funny thing it just has become like a pop culture trigger word right like, not trigger word. i don't know triggering it a laugh as we'll see with rue because rue loves the vanity um, so next was, uh, my freaky addiction is ruining my life. And I don't know what the hell was going on with Monet. I mean, she just missed, she's a very funny, personal person. Um, and I don't know how she missed so much with what she was doing. Yeah. She was supposed to be addicted to, uh, her, her padding and her, and, um, she had this whole thing with a cake and, you know, and the padding. I'm like, where's the rain? Where's the park melting? Because, you know, you're everywhere and I'm not sure you know where you're going. Right. And Cameron was actually funnier when it came to the panty huffing. Oh, she was hysterical. She was surprisingly hysterical. Yeah. And she got the whole, like, addiction thing. It was a little, I, I think there were shades of blue velvet in there with uh, Dennis Hopper and his uh, huffing uh, mask. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but it worked. I mean, it was like a it was she was really really funny and she got the character down and I think everybody loved her for it. So she saved it and unfortunately Monet kind of dropped the ball or the hip pads and I I don't know. Like I said, I, I was really surprised that she was so not good. Uh, then I was you know I, the fear of pickles. Um, first of all, Mayhem, Mayhem came out and she was dressed basically as Janet Jackson as po poetic justice. Yeah, I was going. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. And I was it's like, like why? okay, it's a look. Okay, it's I guess a look that you would maybe think you'd see like on you know on a Jerry Springer type of show, I suppose. Maybe okay. And uh, as will be said later, I don't think she particularly came off being afraid of pickles. It was more revulsion, you know, like she was going to puke. But 
I mean, if it was me, I would have been like standing up on the chair screeching about pickles. Or... Right, or I would have been hi- hiding behind Ross, you know, when, when Dr. Dill came out or anything. You know, it would it would have been, you know, fear and, and not, you know, I'm going to spew. And talking about how gross, like, they're green and they're bumpy and they're sour and ew, 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 you know, oh my God, you know, and they're, and the juices are corrosive. So there's so much you can play with in terms of fear of pickles because it's so ridiculous. And meanwhile, Cracker was just so fucking funny. And I mean, to me, she was like Sally Jesse Raphael as a pickle. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the big glasses, the intonation. I love the costume. I love the makeup. I like the banana in a box. Um... <laughs> just i mean cracker for somebody who said later that she'd never done improv before she was, nailed it yeah. yeah she was just perfect then we had the the uh i've got a copycat or why is this person so why are you so obsessed with me um and god that was not funny oh vixen and asia yeah they're they you know they really did need to rehearse because they had ideas and they didn't act on the ideas and it was a hot mess and they were, again, like when you're working in improv on a scene of any sort, you have to like read the other person's body language and you have to like throw it. It's like throwing a ball back and forth and you have to watch their cues. And these were two people that were in totally little different bubbles, not interacting really. And, and it was a mess. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. So obviously Vixen's great shady plans blew up in her face. And yeah, I'm kind of glad about that. Then we had the, the I'm a sexy baby. And I mean, Aquara came out and she was like, she was basically Valentina and, you know, uh, without the accent. <laughs> without, no, yeah, sorry. Aquaria was Aquaria in the way in terms of what she was wearing again, but it worked. And I like the Valentina shade, uh, yeah. which was kind of good. about. Oh, I look like a Linda Evangelista and I'm a model. And I was like, yeah, that's shady, but it's a shade that worked. Yeah. Because it was being thrown at somebody who wasn't there. And it's something that's kind of built up, not working with people that you have to actually interact with in future. Um, and the line about, oh, I could show up on a diaper on the runway and people would still love me, which is something that was actually used in the promo. The, the line about, I, I, I could show up in a diaper and people would find me sexy was used in the, I think the original season 10 promo. Oh. Um, and I, it must, I have to go back and look, cause it may have been a sound bite, which made Aquarius sound even more egotistical than we normally thought. But now we see it in context. It's actually kind of funny that they threw that at you. Um, but then Eureka showed up and. Oh my God. Eureka show, stole the fucking world. Um, she just nailed it absolutely perfectly uh, with the whole baby Huey thing and um, the baby from uh, Roger Rabbit, who I can't remember the name of right now. But just everything was like so good. And it was such a good scene. And, and actually, surprisingly, um, Aquaria ran with it and they worked together. There was actually interaction between them and they played off each other really. And I, I was quite impressed with that because I was, as I said, I was not expecting that to happen. I no, expected I, them to be bottom two. Yeah, and nope, they nope. both were fantabulous. And I don't say that often about Aquaria, but you know, praise where praise is due. So yep. And Ross was having a ball with it too. So and and I like the fact that I think in a way with the ego and the characters themselves, they were actually trying to one up each other. But it worked, and they they were playing the roles, right? Without there being any... They weren't trying to, like, sabotage one another. They were actually working together, which was a surprise and was actually a nice thing. So maybe there's redemption, some redemption for Aquaria anyway. Um, so we finished up the sketches, and next we went to the runway. Well, we did, we did day two, but, you know, the, the, in the workroom, it was... 
everybody got along and and made him made Eureka and Vixen talk and it's like okay fine that's great you're all friends now let's let's move on yeah it was just basically drama time and it, it started as drama because Monique was stirring a little bit of shit with Cracker um, but they kind of dropped it I don't remember what I put down a note that Aquaria is right for once I don't remember what she was right about but it was dropped and and you know um, and Mayhem was trying very hard to be the peacemaker and I give her props for that because she obviously does not like the drama and doesn't like to be in a chaotic workspace so she was like you know and saying, look, we all got to work together, so you guys hash it out. And I'll even give Vixen a little bit of credit because she at least backed off, even if she's not the huggy type and she was over the mushy stuff. At least she listened and we got to hear a little bit more why Aquaria, I'm sorry, Eureka is the way Eureka is. And Eureka had some self-realization and, you know, it worked out okay, but we don't yeah. need to dwell on that. Then we had the runway and the theme was denim and diamonds. And Uru was actually there this week because, you know, we actually saw her face. Yes, we saw a lot of her face and, like, she looked fabulous in her white stuff. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love that outfit. Yeah, and we had, uh, Michelle was there and then we had the two guest hosts of um, Shania Twain and Carrie Preston. Um, And Carrie Preston's nails kind of scared me. But I guess she's on that show Claws, um, which I think is on TBS, which is all about a a, a manicure salon. Um, Oh, okay. I'm used to seeing her on The Good Wife, where she played a very ditzy, very lovable um, attorney. And she was also on True Blood, uh, where she played a very nasty, um, sort of, you know, prejudiced Southern lady. But she, she, she's just, like, funny as all get out. And, and okay. She's, so she's, and also her husband is Michael Emerson, that people may know from Lost. And The Practice, and he was on that other show with Jim Caviezel about the conspiracy stuff. I'll look it up later, whatever. But anyway, there, she's, she's very cool. Um, and like I said, and Shania Twain. Um, so first we had, uh, Monet and she came out in the chaps thing. Um, the chaps jumpsuit over the bodysuit and all oh, that jumpsuit. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. It did not fit. It scappy where it shouldn't have been around the crotch. It was wrinkly, you know, in the legs. So, you know, it wasn't fitting right. And it's just like, oh no. And it's a shame because from like the waist up, she looked great. She was had big a big hair wig, which looked wonderful. And again, was not a pussycat wig. So she was doing something different. But it's like from the waist on down, it was a hot mess. Yeah. Even if she said later she has a lot going on down there, which maybe I don't want to Well, yeah, she does. She has a lot. Of, she's a hot mess going down there. That's what's going down there. Yeah, it was it was a miss and it was a mess. Uh, then we had uh, Cameron doing a very showing off. Boobs for queens, um, and was very, very Dolly Partnish and, and and very coquettish, and I thought, it, you know, it looked good. It was cute. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I liked the little the flounces, and I, and I liked how the uh, the overcoat, you know, cinched at the waist, and, and and the whole neckline with that was very nice, you know, and I right. thought it was really well executed. Yeah, and and the, the the fake boobs actually worked really well in terms of cleavage, so that, it was a really nice shape, and I think. Cameron is very good at, at, you know, because Cameron clearly plays with gender roles, um, you know, whether in and drag or out of drag, because, you know, the muscle, he's a muscle queen. Um, I think it worked really well, and I think he really knows his shape and how to get silhouettes and, and stuff, so that worked really well. Uh, then we had the Vixen, and it was this awful mermaid skirt chap thing, and... Yeah, it was, it was like Monet, except with, with, with a mermaid bit at the bottom, basically. Yeah, yeah and I think it had been a full skirt instead of the showing off of the crotch, it might have worked, and but she needed cinching because there was no 
silhouette. And there was no curves. It was just no. It was just she, she was trying to do that with the illusion of the belt across the middle in the darker color to make it look like the waist was going in. But yeah, it wasn't going in. No, she needed a waist cincher or a corset or something because it just didn't quite work again. Uh, then we had Asia in the the very fringy thing uh, with all the sort of the car wash detail Cody thing. Yeah, that didn't really do much. I don't know. It didn't really do much for me. It kind of it kind of looked like you know it's, it was too fringy and and it was like all fringe and bodysuit and I'm like I'm done with bodysuits, you know. Yeah, I mean when I say it's nice, it was like it wasn't horrible. It was nice. <laughs> oh, so it's one of those nices, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the most awful thing because it wasn't chaps, but it wasn't you know like mind blowingly wonderful too. Um, then we got Aquaria, and it had her, I don't even remember what it was exactly, but I wrote down it had her same silhouette again, and it was okay, but whatever. Um, yeah, I've, I've got, yes, a bodysuit with a little skirt. How original. Yeah, I, I'm i blanking. I honestly, that's what she, it was. She had, she had a great hat and a great fan. Right, and, right, and right. It, yeah, the, the hat was very cool. I mean, the, the textures of it all coordinated well with what little she was wearing, but I'm just, I'm just done with that look. Yeah. And her, it, it, you know, especially on her, it's just like. Girl, think of something else for once. Yeah, and I said she's got a, a, all her silhouettes are basically a variation on the theme. And unlike somebody like Bianca, who can pull it off, you know, and and plays with it enough to do something, I feel like Aquaria is still like not quite one note, but maybe two notes, and that's it. Uh, yeah, two notes, if that. Yeah, yeah. one and a half uh, notes mostly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next came Eureka. Oh, I loved Eureka. It was so Elvis meets Honey Boo Boo. Yeah. You know? and I, the only thing I wished it is that it was a little more blingy. I mean, it had like some details, but it was more denim. I mean, there was diamonds on it, but it wasn't like so glittery. It wasn't dripping. Yeah. I would have just liked it a little bit more stony. But other than that, it was fabulous. And it works really well for her body type. And she did. She knows how to corset, so she gives herself a shape. And very fat Elvis and very honey boo boo. And I love it. So Yeah, it was great. It was very nice. And also, as they said, like, I liked the, the makeup and the sort of clumpy eyelid, eyelashes and stuff like that. It, it was a very good look. Yeah. Uh, then we had Blair in like a patchwork skirt uh, with big hair and kind of a rhinestone bra. It was cute. It wasn't, to me, like one of my favorite Blair looks. I think the hair was too big because I kept, because I every time I looked at her, I, I, I saw the hair and I, then I had to think, what's she wearing? You know, so yeah, I, th- I think it was detracting from, from the overall look. Yeah, well, she's very, I mean, she's small and she's slim and it was a simple outfit. So usually when you're wearing something that simple, you don't, unless you're doing like a hair challenge, you don't want something that big because then you're not looking at the rest of the body. You kind of have to balance out the, the overall look. So yeah, I, I agree with you that it was just, the hair was too big. Then we got Monique, which was the uh, boots and chaps and then pulled that off and there was an animal print underneath. And it was a bodysuit, yes. Oh, my God, I haven't seen one of those this season. It's so fabulous. Well, I'll, I'll give it a little bit of a point because it had some flounces on the bodysuit. It wasn't just a leotard. Yeah, yeah. It's still a bodysuit. And also, it was fucking giraffe print. Yeah, I don't know why she thought cow. Cow, you know, it's like I saw that. Yeah, you know, she must not go to the zoo, you know? Yeah, I can't remember where in the world Monique is from right now. Um, but do they not have cows where she is? Well, it's a petting zoo, you know? It was funny in, in context, but it wasn't meant to be funny. So it was kind of like, it was kind of like a sequins dress moment. Yeah. Um, then we got, 
and then Mayhem came out and she was kind of in that cutesy pink dress. And I actually, I mean, Michelle asked her later and my note, my initial note was, is that actually denim fabric? Because it didn't look like it. It was, I, I thought it was too shiny to be yeah. denim. I mean, you're not going to see, you know, the texture of the denim, obviously, even in, in HD, but it was just, it wasn't reflecting the light the same way that the other girls outfits were reflecting it, you know? Yeah, because so denim is usually a very flat, very matte uh, texture. And yeah, it did look like it had a little bit of a shine, but not in the way like because sometimes you see denim, they actually work in like Lurex or some kind of like metallic thread. I don't know. It was just weird. I thought it was a cute dress and I liked the hat and I thought, you know, some of the stuff later was a little unfair, but it was not. I don't know. It was something off about it overall, at least for the challenge. I mean, yeah. the challenge it might have worked better. Um, and then Miss Cracker came out and oh, my God, she was adorable. Um, I love the pink jumpsuit. And there you could tell it was pink denim. Yeah. And then the Pippi Longstocking wig killed me. <laughs> yeah. It was like sort of like Wendy's hammer. And then the teeth. Oh, yeah. Those big choppers in front, which is like, she always knows how to like add that little, you know, extra goofiness. And it worked beautifully. I, I oh, yeah. It again. And I think I feel badly because... As usual, you know, she, she didn't get the, the kudos she really deserves. So then, um, according to the judges, Asia, Blair, Cameron, and Aquaria were all safe. Yeah. Um, and uh, Cameron then talked about how he was obsessed with Shania and got to uh, give Shania a little bit of a, a gushing fan boy girl talk. And I wonder, I honestly, because I don't follow Cameron on social media, I wonder how Cameron's feeling this week after this whole controversy with Shania. So oh, yeah. It's something to you know, check out, but I, I felt badly in, in retrospect. Um, so then we had the tops and the bottoms. First I went to Monique and uh, the critiques were right about Monique and the fact that it was a bodysuit and it was giraffe and it was not, the two parts didn't work together again. I mean, I think Monique is very big on having things and then doing a big reveal, but the reveal should still work with the outer garment. Right. It didn't. Yeah. I mean, I didn't write much about the judging other than, because um, I agreed with that. As I've been, but for the most part, agreeing with the judges this whole season, with the exception of of what they say about Aquaria. Yeah. And so you know, it's like at this point, I'm not gonna like you know comment on on their comments because it's the same comments that we've been making. But I would, did write down that uh, Vixen threw Asia under the bus. Yeah. Are we surprised? I was, to, <laughs> I was just about to say that. Also, Michelle was right to clocking Vixen that you know it was a mess and she was in charge and didn't do what she was supposed to do. So. Yeah. I was very happy that somebody finally called out Vixen that wasn't one of her, you know, cohorts on the show. It was actual judging as compared to, like, drama stuff. Well, I think this is the first time that Vixen's been judged all season, though, too. She's been safe. Yeah, yeah. So I was happy that somebody... And yeah, she threw Asia way, way under the bus. And guess what? It was both of them. They were so... Yeah, big, like, they both sucked. About, yeah, they were both so teeing about their shade and how clever they were that they didn't fucking bother to, to take care of it for themselves. So, you know, or actually be clever, yeah. Yeah, and the other thing that I thought was really funny and telling was that Eureka got so much love and gushing, and deservedly so, from all the judges. And yeah. if looks could kill, Vixen would have, like, exploded Eureka all over the stage because she was <laughs> miserable, and Karma's a bitch, and Vixen deserved every, like, nasty spoonful of medicine in that case because, you know, that's not the thing to do. There are ways of getting back at people that works to your advantage. It's also... Aren't and this is the problem. She's not, you know, clever enough or subtle enough to actually get revenge when you know, it, it, the pinto beans and muffins were not cold. <laughs> no, they were not. Yeah. Uh, so and and also I thought that 
Unfortunately, I agreed with the, the judges about Mayhem also. I, I get that she was going for, like, the chocolate Judd. And the, I think the hair in the hat kind of worked, but the dress didn't really scream Naomi or Winona Judd to me. So No. My best moment in watching the judging, though, was, was when Michelle started repeating Vanjie, 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 and Rue was, like, losing it. You know? And Again, yeah. So, so trying so very hard not to, like, laugh because you know knew that would mess up the entire face so he's you know, he's like shut up shut up don't say that but now, but now we know when, when in doubt if you're ever like cornered by rupaul you just vanjie at her until she bursts into you know a pile of giggles and then you can run away before she stunts on you in her glamazon glory <laughs> there you go <laughs> apparently vanjie is rupaul's kryptonite and the only thing that i was sad about is i thought cracker was so awesome too I wish there had been a double win. I think there should have been a double win. Yeah. Even though Eureka was, like, amazing and sold the show, I feel like Cracker was so close that I I would have been happier. Because, again, I feel like Cracker is just always, like, getting... It's it's always, like, a neck and neck, and then Cracker gets... Screwed. ...place. So, and and the fact that she said she'd never done improv before, like, blew me away. Uh, Then we had deliberations, and, uh, yeah, we were saying the same things. Uh, But Vixen's sulking was epic. I just felt like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and you know, I could have, like, had five minutes of just the camera on Vixen's face and just her reactions to everything. As you could see, the the sulking building up and building up. Because I'm, I'm mean sometimes, too. And I feel like she's always dishing it out also and can't take it. Yeah, so she kind of deserved that. Yeah. Uh, then we had the lip sync, which was Man, I Feel Like a Woman, uh, in front of Shania Twain. Right. It was Mayhem versus Monet as the bottom two. Right. And once again, and, you know, as we'll see in the Untucked, um, Monet had to be kind of psyched into it. But Monet, she's a, she is a lip sync assassin and she's also funny as hell. She is like so funny with everything she does and she knows how to work with props. And when she pulled out the hairspray and the wig reveal and the, the strip tease and it all worked. And Mayhem is good, but she was so literal and just trying to be like kind of cutesy. Mayhem, may, yeah. Mayhem was sexy and cute, whereas Monet was doing it rough and tough, and, you know, that kind of nailed it. Yeah. And like I said, Monet, her looks may be sloppy and not as polished as others, but when it comes to, like, the lip syncing, she, she's a phenomenal performer. And yeah. Even, I, I don't expect her to win. I don't even top four, but I think she's going to get a lot of, I mean, she was already really popular in New York, and she's already got a lot of audiences, but I think this is going to, I mean, it's not going to matter that she doesn't win the show because she's going to get like so many people following her. And I want to see her live now because I think she must be fabulous, especially when she works, she's Bob's drag sister and sometimes she and Bob work together. So, I mean, that must be like awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, Mayhem had sashayed away and Monet gets to stay again for another day. And next week. We're going to get uh, proposed. Uh, they have to set up DragCon panels, and I'm really excited about that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm going to have a lot to say. Being a former programming director of a, of a science fiction convention, I, yeah, I'm going to have some expertise to throw in there. Yeah, well, I don't have quite the experience you have in that, other than being a panelist at cons. Um, occasionally coming up with programming, and also having been to DragCon and being at certain of those panels, I want to... Oh, right. Want to see how those hold up, and also I'll be curious to see whether or not any of those, whatever topics they come up with, even if it's a more serious thing, will be done at either LA DragCon or the New York DragCon that's coming up in next September. So right, I'm looking forward to next week, um, and we are actually at the halfway point, I believe, because the ten episodes this season. Um, maybe. Yeah, I have to. Double- yeah, because we just finished episode five, so I think we're at the halfway point. Um, oh wow, we so, yeah. nine queens to go. 
um, before, or, so we've got time yet. Um, and then next we went to Untucked, which um, I didn't the, well, either. Well, this week's Untucked was RuPaul's psychi- psychi- Psychiatry Service, yeah. which was a much of an improvement over the Fright Club we had the previous week. But, you know, it was the whole episode of everybody was like, being nice to each other and bucking each other up and, and speaking positive about things. And, you know, Mayhem was content with whatever happened to her. And, you know, Miss Cracker dealt with her anxieties. And so it was all touching and feeling and, and, you know, group therapy. And that was nice, too, but also didn't need to be a full half hour long. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'm happy about, at least Mayhem went into it. I mean, I don't think she was at the point of certain other queens who were like, basically, I'm ready to go home. I'm just walking. But I, I felt like the whole season, she never quite had enough fire in her belly. She... For whatever reason, she considering how many times she applied and how long it took her to get on there, you some other queens might have been like ready to you know tear the roof off. And it always felt like she kind of pulled back. She never quite let herself go to the level that I've never seen her. But I, from everything I've read about her, she's like been around. She's got fabulous drag sisters, fabulous drag family. She's supposed to be a great performer on stage. People like Pandora Box love her, and I never quite got that in the entire time she was on the show which is a shame but i'm glad at least if she was going home she was in like a good place for it and not either bitter or you know really you know i, I don't know or surprised that she was getting there i don't know it's just so it was nice nice to see at least she was okay with it and not being a bitchy queen like i don't know thorgy or whoever right well should we uh do our recap yes. the uh, charisma uniqueness nerve and talent okay yeah okay so first for charisma I'm going to say it's a tie between Eureka and Cracker because they both sold the show in their respective scenes and they, they did well and they both shone. I concur, concur. Yeah, and I'll actually give, I hate to say this, I'll give Aquaria a second place because I thought she did really good and she surprised me in her scene because she, she pulled it off. She did, yeah. Okay, um, uniqueness. Uh for me, it was Cracker because who the fuck thinks of being a pickle? Who the hell wants to be a pickle? So that, yeah. that's not uniqueness. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, nerve? Oh, how about Vixen? Because she's the nerve of thinking that she'd be able to pull it off well. <laughs> yeah. And also the nerve, I think the nerve of setting up not one, but two, or actually three separate queens because it was Aquaria and Eureka, and then trying to also set up the Aquaria Cracker thing. And failing miserably on, on, on all parts. Yeah. It's like epic, epic fail. And it's like, you know, if you're going to do that, you better know what the hell you're doing. You're not smart enough or, or nuanced enough to really to be able to pull off things well. So, yeah, there was a lot. She had a hell of a lot of nerve again. Yeah. Uh, and then talent. Oh, talent's a hard one. Yeah. There, there were Maybe Anika. Eureka, I think, you know, just because, you know, she was, I think she gave the best overall performance. Yeah, in, she, she just was like full throttle baby. And her outfit, outfit was gorgeous. And even her military thing was, was really good. Yeah. And it was a little different. So yeah, I, I, and again, second place, I think, to Cracker, just because she was an excellent pickle. And she just got, she nailed that whole scene and the whole concept of it. And she saved Mayhem as much as she could save Mayhem, which... Right, which wasn't very easy yeah. to do. So, okay, yeah. Um, I think we're, as usual, much in accord on this one. Okay. And as a next week, we've got DragCon panels to look forward to, which I'm actually for. And I hope it, it, it goes well, because that's one of those things where it sounds like a great, you know, idea. Let's hope they can actually execute it well rather than right. falling flat. But I'm going to say, like, we're halfway through. And while I'm not as excited or as not as, like, 
oh my god what's going to happen this season as i am with others but i think it's picked up i feel better yeah. at this point than i did with all stars at the halfway point oh yeah yeah absolutely where it was just like uh, one train wreck after another so uh we shall see but uh so next week we will be on week six and we'll see where it goes so until then right jan and this is Ron. and bye bye